All right. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. We are live in the uh, Skyline studio here in downtown Chicago. Here until 4 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place to our brothers and sisters on the TV side of WGN. And uh, we'll get an early morning news from that great team. And then the legendary Bob Surratt at 5 o'clock for your morning drive. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. That is the Team Hochberg phone line. And it is open. Um, And if you have questions or you want to talk a little bit about the Guinness Book of World Records, well, that would be cool. Because... I would like to say hello to Craig Glenday. Craig Glenday is uh, editor-in-chief of the Guinness Book of World Records. And let's say hello to Craig. Hi, Craig. Hi there. How's it going? Good. How are you? Yeah, it's very good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. I love the Guinness Book of World Records. I really do. I think it's so so much fun, and so some of it is so weird. How long have you been uh, with the uh, Guinness Book of World Records? Uh, I've been there now just over 18 years. Wow. So a bit of a career record for myself, yes. it's a, But it's such a great job. You know, every day is different. There's yeah. always something new to see. You think you've seen it all, and then uh, you see something great the next day. So, I mean, it's been a, an amazing and fast 18 years. I bet. Well, 18 years ago, how did you get involved? What, what brought you to the Guinness Book of World Records? Um, my background is publishing like book and magazine publishing and um i actually used to edit uh a kids magazine called animals 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 which was about animals um and one of the picture team there left to get to take a job at guinness world records and i said wow i just it'd be my dream job if any job ever comes up in the company you must call me and um sure enough somebody won a stand-up comedy competition bizarrely um, which meant there was a vacancy, so I rushed down the next day and convinced them to give me the job. So uh, I started as the website editor uh, 18 years ago, and within a couple of years I'd promoted up to the editor of the main book. So it was a, a dream come true, really. Yeah, that's pretty great. Uh, so uh, Guinness Book of World Records, how long have they been around? Like over 60 years? Uh, it's 65 years, in fact. It's 65 years tomorrow is the, the uh, anniversary of the, the, the first book being printed. How about that? Uh, so it's very good timing for this call, yeah. So it's uh, been going around 65 years. Um, you know, it started as a, as a promotion for the Guinness Beer Company, so it is connected to the Guinness, the Stout. I mean, not, not a lot of people now realize there's a connection there, but um, yeah. it's become in one sense, more famous and more wide-reaching than the Stout because we go into more countries. Yeah. Um, but uh, they eventually sold us off back uh, back in uh, 1999, I think it was, when they, um, the beer company got rid of all its non-alcohol assets, like restaurants and other various brands. Yeah. Uh, and we sold off. So, But it's been, uh, yeah, it was, it's been a great um, start to the company, having such a big... Um, brand behind it, like Guinness, to to push it and give it the life it needed uh, to become a bestseller. Yeah, I was I was surprised when I found out that it was the that it was the the, the Guinness uh, that you know the the stout. I, I was surprised when I found that out. I mean, I found out uh, you know uh, a bunch of years ago, but when I first heard about it, I was like, really, it's the same Guinness that uh, that's that's really interesting how that happened. Yeah, I mean the story. There is a there is a bit of a creation story behind it, which is um, so Hugh Beaver, 
uh, very good, great British name. So Hugh Beaver was out <laughs> in Ireland. He's that's, that's a schoolboy name, isn't it? Perfect. Yeah. But he was in Ireland um, with a supplier of hops. No, malt it was actually. It was malt. He was buying malt in Ireland. And um, it was tradition to go on a shoot. So they take you take your boss out or your directors out on a shoot. And he went out and, and they were shooting at game birds. And they, they had a bit of a debate about which was the fastest game bird in Europe because some said it was the, the red grouse, some said the golden plover, and others said the teal. And they couldn't really agree on which was the fastest. And they went back to this... As he said at the time, so Hugh said it was a very big, expensive house with a very big, expensive library. Yeah. And despite hundreds of books, he couldn't find the answer in any of the books. It's not the kind of information that you, that's that easy to access in books because traditional encyclopedias uh, are fine alphabetically, but how do you know? If you don't know what you're looking for, it's hard to find. And he realized that he said the people will be struggling all over the world. Uh, to answer questions, and particularly, he said, there'll be people in pubs and bars arguing over things. Yeah. So why don't we put um, a product into the bar, like a book or a pamphlet, that has all the answers to these questions? And the idea is you stop the argument, you reach for the Guinness book, and you have a pint of stout when you're there. And he said there's a lovely phrase, which is, turn the heat of argument into the light of knowledge. Um, and the idea was to give this book free to all the pubs in the UK uh, back in the ni- in 1955, and that's how we got started. So yeah, we, he hired uh, a couple of, um, in fact, they were identical twins called Ross and Norris McWhorter, who um, they founded the book and they gave it free to uh, thousands of pubs in the UK, and that's where people fell in love with it immediately. So. Wow, that's a great story. That is a great origin story. Uh, Craig, please hold on. Okay. Uh, Craig uh, Glenday is with us, editor-in-chief of the Guinness Book of World Records. If you want to jump in here with your favorite world record or you have a question about the Guinness Book of World Records, we'd love to hear from you. It's uh, 312-981-7200. Our phone lines are open, 312-981-7200. And we're talking Guinness World Records right here on 720 WGN. Stands on golden sand. watches the ships. Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline studio here till 4 o'clock. Uh, it's Wednesday morning. And uh, so at 3.30, we're going to do a round of Know Your Onion. Get our first two callers in here. Tom will quiz you on uh, some news headlines. You have to figure out whether they're real or from the satirical newspaper, The Onion, and then you win things. Craig Glenday is with us, editor-in-chief of the Guinness Book of World Records, and the new edition of the 2021 uh, book arrives on September 3rd, so just a few days. 312-981-7200 is the uh, number if you would like to join us. Hello, Craig. Hi. All right. Uh, We do have uh, someone who's calling in with a question. Alyssa, go ahead. Hi, Craig. My name is Alyssa LaBoy, and I've been living here for 47 years in Chicago. And I personally know Kim Goodman because she was my neighbor. And she is the, oh. the, yeah, she's a human that can push her eyes out to the furthest distance. 
could not believe when she lived in my Mount Prospect uh, apartments until 2015, that summer, winter. Could not believe that she wasn't in California and more famous. She, you know, she's incredible. You, I had a question for you about the books, because I have a 1988 book at home. That's the World Guinness Book Records holders. Have you been doing this the whole time with these books? Um, so, so my first book was the um, 2006 edition. That was the first one I was editor. Um, but I do look back all the time. I'm constantly looking at previous editions. I think my my first would have been the 1986 edition. Um, wow. And I think there's, there's so many great old records in there, which um, you, you look back and think how amazing it is that the world has moved on so much from when you... When you look at these earlier books, that's what I find absolutely fascinating, is that the Guinness World Records books provide like a snapshot through history. Exactly. So you can track. I'm 47, so I, I would have seen that book. I'm 47, and I have the 1981-88 one at home. And Kim, Kim did a, the last time that she did a Guinness Book Record event was about 2013 or 14, and she was there with the tall guy and the one with the and the lady with the long nails or the guy she was there with the tall guy and she was there with the nail guy the nail person and she did a I know she did one event in like 2014 I believe and I could not believe yeah. with the way she does her eyes that she wasn't living in Hollywood or something you know what I mean that she was a bus driver and a CTA and a school bus driver and she doesn't do the school buses anymore she does the CTA double decker buses in the city of Chicago and I, I'm definitely going to go buy your book. Are you doing any, um, are you signing anywhere these books? Are you selling them already? Um, they'll be in stores next month in a couple of, uh, yeah, about a week's time. And unfortunately, we're not doing many signings. And normally, I would come over to the U.S. I love coming to America and um, doing a bit of a tour. But, of course, because of COVID, we're a bit stuck indoors. Right. So. Um, yeah, it's a bit sad that we can't go anywhere. At but the, the moment, book, the but, book's uh, going to be book's going to be available September third. It's the Guinness Book of World Records, two thousand twenty-one. Uh, Alyssa, thanks for the call. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred is the phone number. Um, so, what's it like, you know, uh, taking all these records and condensing them t- into a yearly edition? Oh, it's. I mean, it's it's a great it's a great job and a great honor to deal with all this amazing. Um, all these amazing record holders and the content. But sadly, I, I have to make a choice each year of, of who goes in and who doesn't because we have more records being approved than we have room for in the book. So if you imagine we get about a 1,000 applications a week. Oh, my God. A 1,000 a thousand a week? A 1,000 a week, yeah. And it's gone down, to be fair, in the last few months, again, because of COVID-19, um, but people are still determined because they're trapped at home, I guess, and they're doing things at home that still qualify. Lots of fitness records, you know, people who are doing press-ups, push-ups, pull-ups, uh, and they're desperate to get themselves in the book. So we have this huge oversupply. Now, of that 1,000, maybe only 5% will actually make it into the book because for various reasons. They're not good enough or they're doing stuff that's illegal or um, you know, just things that aren't actually qualifiable as records. Um, so when we get that, I mean, maybe three to 4,000 brand new records every year, I have to cull that down to about 2,000 because the book has to have a mix of classic records. So we want Mount Everest, we want the tallest man ever, Robert Wadlow from Illinois. Um, 
as well as the new material. So it's having to make a choice. So each year, um, it's, it's the hardest thing to do is to say no to people and not put them in. And I guess they'll find out next week when they buy the book or they flick through it in the bookstores to find that they're not in it. And it's like, oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, because we want to celebrate everyone. You know, we no one else really celebrates as wide a spectrum of achievement than we do at Guinness World Records because we, we are very egalitarian. We believe everything's and everyone is equal. You know, whether you're Usain Bolt or, you know, Bolt the pigeon, who's the most expensive pigeon, um, to, to us, you're a record holder and, and being able to celebrate these people every year. So to say no to someone because there's no room is heartbreaking. I mean, they still go on the website, so we have guinnessworldrecords.com. Right. So if you're not in the book, then I hope you'll be on the website. But yeah. Uh, t- tell me about uh, the most expensive, what is this, the most expensive pigeon you said? Uh, yeah, well, it was Bolt the Pigeon, yeah. So we have um, uh, a category for most expensive pigeon. You know, obviously people um, buy and race pigeons. Um, and we had Bolt the Pigeon a couple of years ago. Um, and these things sell for thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, it's very strange because you think it's a pigeon, who cares? Um, but the last one, um, so Bolt, Bolt sold for... Uh, but two hundred no four hundred thousand dollars. Oh, for uh, a pigeon. Four hundred thousand uh, dollars for a pigeon. For a pigeon, yeah. And the most recent one, that record actually got beaten, um, and and it got really beaten. So the new one is called Armando, um, who's uh, sold for in U.S. dollars. It's about one point four million U.S. What? Uh, last year. <laughs> what? Uh, um, what why? What makes this pigeon so special and so so expensive? Um, I suppose they're, they're bred to be racing pigeons, so they they, they do race. This one is called the uh, um, like a Formula One of racing pigeons. I mean, you get, there's, there's a pigeon Olympiad every year. Where they oh race. wow! I didn't know that. Um, yeah, um, and so people bid to. to to buy these um, racing pigeons so they could then enter them into races. But something happened last year with Armando where the Chinese got involved and the bidding just went insane. You know, it should have been about $300,000. That, that was the expected asking price. But the, the, the bidding war in China pushed the, the value of the pigeon up uh, to one, say $1.4 million. It's insane. That's it? unbelievable. That is really unbelievable! Wow. So that's the world's that's the world record for most suspend most expensive pigeon. Yep. <laughs> Armando. I mean, Armando. Yeah. Armando. Okay. Uh, we got another call here. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. If you want to talk a little bit about the uh, Guinness World Records, if you have questions. Uh, Craig Glenday is with us, editor in chief of the Guinness World Record uh, books, and the uh, the latest one, the two thousand twenty one edition. Uh, comes out September 3rd. Here's uh, Bob on WGN. Go ahead, Bob. Hey, good morning, guys. My father always said my mother belonged in the in the Guinness Book. Uh, she she was pregnant 17 times. She We ended up with 11 of us. She lost a, a handful of them there. But in that 11, my mother had four boys in a span of 35 months. No no twins. Man. My oldest brother, Mike. My brother, Mike, was born in December. Of 56, my brother Bill in October of 57, myself in, October, in uh, December of 58, my brother Joe in uh, December, I'm sorry, in November of 59. 
so that's a that's a pretty quick span, thirty five months for, for boys. Is there a uh, no is, Craig? Is there a record for that? Siblings born. Um, I think we do have we do recognize um, family or siblings born on the same day. Yes, I'm just trying to recall what the record is. Yeah, but we have um, we we do monitor lots of. Um, family records. The one I'm thinking of is um, it's a U.S. family um, who have the same birthday, which is the 20th of February. So it's five five children of the same family. Jeez, um, had the birthday on the same day. Yeah, um, which is the 20th of February. So um, the it's the Cummings family. Yes, that's it. Yes, so Catherine, Carol, Charles, Claudia, Cecilia were all born on the 20th of Feb. Yeah, uh, in consecutive years. Wow. Actually, not consecutive years, but 52, 53, 56, so, 61. So, so yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Bob, that's a, that's a, that's really a crazy story. Uh, uh, did, <laughs> was your mom always tired? Yeah, uh, yeah. My, my father said that my mother had so many kids because she was out of hearing. <laughs> and and because, because they'd go to bed, he'd say, well, do you want to go to sleep or what? She'd say, what? <laughs> All right, Bob. Thanks for the call, buddy. We do have a record actually for the most prolific mother as well. So the busiest mom, I suppose, would be um, she was the wife of a, a Russian peasant uh, in the 18th century, uh, and she had 69 children. Come on, yeah, 69 uh, children. Yeah, she was wow. very prolific because she gave birth to. Um, like 16 twins, 16 pairs of twins, oh. seven sets of triplets, four sets of quadruplets. Oh, my God. Plus individual children. That's, um, yeah, that's so. insane. That's nuts. Uh, Craig, uh, Craig, hold on, okay? Okay. All right. Uh, that's, that is crazy. And we're going to talk about some other pretty out there world records as well and if you have questions or comments about the guinness world book of records the new edition comes out september 3rd uh 312-981-7200 312-981-7200 and uh we'll get back to the conversation uh after a trip to the newsroom Hello, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. Uh, we're live in the Skyline studio. We're here until 4 o'clock. Um, coming up after 3, we're going to jump into the topic of, uh, well, CompUSA comes back from the dead to bring tech deals and uh, products and brands that came back from the dead. And what stores or products or brands would you like to see return? That's what we're going to be talking about. But right now, my guest is Craig Glenday. He's editor-in-chief at the Guinness Book of World Records, and uh, the latest edition, the 2021 edition, arrives on September 3rd, and we are talking with Craig about world records and more. Hello, Craig. Hi. All right. So, um, the, the, so what's the process when someone contacts and says, I'm going to attempt a world record, what's the process from that point on till, till the world record is, uh, is actually acknowledged? Yeah, well, that's the, the key is that you do contact us first. Like, don't do the record and then tell us afterwards right. that you've done it because uh, we get so many people who tell us 
things after the fact, but then they haven't got the rules, they haven't got the instructions. Um, so you go to guinnessworldrecords.com and there you'll see a better record section and basically tell us your idea and if we like the idea of something that we feel qualifies as a Guinness World Records title, we will send you rules that the previous person who attempted the record used so that it's, you're fairly following the same instructions. Um, or if it's a new idea, then we will create guidelines specifically for you. Um, and then you're free to take as much time as you need to practice the record. Um, um, but you must, when you do the attempt, you must have it filmed. There must be independent witness statements. Uh, you may need logbooks. You may need uh, other evidence like credit card receipts. So say you were to do a um, fastest time to you know, walk across the United States, um, you would need to have video evidence of that. You would need probably like credit card statements to prove that you were in various points across um, the country. Yeah. You'd want photographs, media reports, um, and, and the independent witnesses would be yeah, people who you meet on the way or um, if, if, if there's a governing body for your sport, uh, for example, then we would like to hear from them. Um, because we can't get out to every single record attempt. And as I said, it's about a, if we're doing a thousand a week, it would be just impossible to send adjudicators out to every single record. Um, so we have to have a, a system that allows you to upload evidence. Um, and in our guys, back in the many offices, we've got offices dotted around the world, they'll sit and watch. I mean, they sometimes watch hours and hours and hours of people running around the track or playing the piano for a whole day, or whatever it might be. So, um, and then if it, if it's successful, we um, issue your official Guinness World Record certificate, um, which is the the thing that everyone wants. It's on their bucket list to get the name um, included in the records database. Well, to be in the book, really. And then if they're lucky, they'll then get selected for the book. So the whole process can take, you know, depending on the record attempt, up to maybe twelve weeks. Um, from start to finish. Wow. And how many adjudicators do you have uh, that, that go out and, uh, you know, confirm these things and, and make it a, make it a world record? Um, well, we've got probably a dozen or so who are full-time um, based in the office, and they'll be sent out from the office. But we have a much bigger network. Um, I don't actually know how many there are. There's probably, I would say, we would have had access to probably about 50 uh, adjudicators, um, and some of them have specialisms. Uh, you know, some are ex-military. Um, some have got a human body um, medical aspect to what they they do, um, and and they've got a great job. These guys because they they can get an email at any moment saying, right, quick, you've got to go to Barbados and adjudicate a game of cricket on the beach or whatever it might be. Um, so that's I mean, and if we want all the staff at Guinness World Records have the option to train up as an adjudicator. So I, I very early on took the adjudicator training, um, and I've had strange days when I had an email saying, "Can I go to Mongolia uh, to measure the shortest man?" Which I did. I went off to Mongolia, measured the shortest man, and whilst I was there, I got an email saying, "Can I go to Antarctica?" The, the fallout boy, you know, the band fallout boy are going to Antarctica. Could I then go from Mongolia, uh, meet them in Chile, and then fly on to Antarctica? It's like, well, I can, yeah. <laughs> that would be an interesting thing to do. So, you, um, you, you, so yeah, you, you've traveled everywhere then, huh? 
I've got well, probably, I mean, maybe about 60 different countries, I think, the Guinness World Records. But it also takes you to places where you would never normally go as a tourist, like Mongolia. I would never have really thought to go as a tourist. Yeah. Um, but it also means you get very well uh, treated because people are... They're so excited to have someone from Guinness World Records come to their country. Sure. Uh, and you tend to get, you, you get a, almost a ticker tape type parade sometimes. I've had firework displays in my honor. You know, it's been an amazing, <laughs> an amazing experience to go to these countries and um, just, you know, give them the opportunity to get their people known around the world in, in our book because, you know, they know that millions of people are going to be reading about them. Um, so they're, they're so desperately keen to get the record uh, and also to make sure that as an adjudicator that you have everything you need, you know. So, yeah, it's a real honor, actually. I mean, it's a privilege to be able to do this job. That's really, that's really sounds just, that sounds so fun. Um, and this is an annual book series. It comes out every year. And since 2005, hmm. more than 130 million copies have been sold. That's astonishing. Um, yeah, we've, we're on probably on a bit more than that now, but that's that's the total sales so over the years. So, um, what was great is that from the very first year, 1955, when everyone actually in the book trade thought the book would be a total disaster, the the first sales meeting, um, they sold six copies of the book back oh. in 1955, and and they were told they were told they were a little bit of a catch on, and eventually that year it was the Christmas bestseller. And then every year since, we've been at the top or near the top of the charts. And what's great for me, I think, is really heartwarming is that it's a book. You know, it's an old-fashioned book. There's no screen involved. There's no internet, you know. As long as you've got a, a light, you can see it. And we hear from parents all the time. And um, I almost cried once on radio. And I was in Canada. I was in Toronto. And a, a mother called in to say, and she was in tears saying that the only thing that she could get a son to read as a very reluctant reader was Guinness World Records. He had trouble reading and he just didn't really enjoy books, but he could not get uh, away from the Guinness World Records book because he loved it so much. And it was really heartwarming to hear this. And we hear from parents and grandparents that what they like about the book is that it's not a screen. It gets the kids away from a screen for five, ten minutes. But also the book hangs around the house all year. So, you know, you, you spend, um, for the sake of what would be a couple of coffees for a book that sits around in the kid's bedroom, it may sit around in the bathroom, it's just there always. Yeah. Um, so in, compared to like a video game, where you may be spending $50, $60 on a video game and they're bored within two weeks, this is a thing that lingers. And unless they... As the kids read, they'll focus on the fun stuff, the eyeball poppers that uh, your previous caller mentioned, yeah. uh, the long fingernails. But then they'll also start to see the other things that are in the book, the, the more historical interest or the science or the art and the history. Yeah. Uh, and slowly, by stealth, they learn. And that's what we're really excited about is kids learning by stealth. I, I mean, I hope no kids are listening now because I don't, don't want them to hear our secrets of how we get them to read facts. <laughs> um, but that's one of the ways in. Is load them in with the great photographs. And then when they're there, they'll hopefully pick up yeah. by osmosis lots of other facts. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool. Uh, uh, Craig, um, hold on, okay? Okay. 
All right. Uh, Craig Glenday is with us. He's editor-in-chief of the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, the latest edition, the 2021 edition, will arrive in stores on September 3rd. If you have any questions or specific Guinness World Records that you want to discuss, Craig is here for your comments and your questions. Our phone lines are open at 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. All right. Uh, more with uh, Craig from the Guinness Book of World Records coming up. And your phone calls and questions, please call in. 312-981-7200. Another month, you are on my mind, taking my time throughout the day. Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline, yeah, I can speak, live in the Skyline studio until 4 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place, uh, over to our brothers and sisters in the TV side of WGN, and we get some early morning news from that great team. And then at 5 o'clock, the one, the only, the legendary, Bob Surratt has your morning drive. Coming up, we're going to talk about CompUSA making a comeback products and brands that make that came back from the dead and then we're going to talk about stores and products and brands that you wish would return and uh we would love to hear from you 312-981-7200 and the news is next from the northwestern medicine newsroom all right uh, my guest right now is uh, craig glenday who is the uh, editor-in-chief over at the guinness book of world records and um they, they uh, since they've sold over 130 million copies since 2005. The latest edition of the Guinness Book of World Records uh, arrives on September 3rd. And uh, Craig, hello. Hi. Hi. I just want to say that you we, before the break we were talking about how uh, you have heard from parents that kids really really love the book and it it gets it it gets them to actually read. Which is really lovely and, and encouraging. Yeah, I mean, we 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 spend a lot of time with families, um, getting to know what they want to learn about in the books, and hearing from them. And we often hear, sadly, that many families just don't have book collections at home. And people who don't consider themselves to be book readers will still read the Guinness World Records book, and they don't even see it somehow as a book. They yeah. don't recognize. They're like, oh yeah, of course. Well, we have that book. Um, but that's great that, you know, if they're reading books, um, also libraries, we hear from uh, librarians that they love us, uh, that they often have to guard the book carefully because uh, there's so much interest in it. In yeah. fact, we had the records come to the bookseller organization uh, in the UK. We were the most stolen book from libraries. <laughs> <people> just, <laughs> so you had, the Guinness, you had the Guinness record for most stolen book. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is uh, no, uh, an honor, I guess. I guess, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do want to say I have the, uh, the 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 current edition, the 2020 edition, in front of me, and I just want to say mm. um, how lovely the book is, just in general. Um, how it's you know, it's the pages are glossy, there's lots of color, bunch of pictures, loaded with information. It's a really fun thing to read. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean. The, the thing is, well, you know, it's probably very different if you read the book 20 years ago and, or 40 years ago. Yeah. 
uh, or even 60 years ago, the book has changed. But that, I think that's part of this, its success, really, is that we have moved along with the times. You know, what we're trying to do is reflect what society is doing. We're not, a, we're not an encyclopedia that, that preaches or tells you what the information is that you need to learn. Yeah. We reflect back what people are doing. And you have to change with the times. You know, we've got records for fidget spinning, for, uh, fidget spinners. Yeah. Um, that are, you know, a trend that comes and goes. We've got bottle flipping because that's what people are doing. If people are doing it and they want to break records, then we're here to measure it. Yeah. And things that aren't now relevant get dropped out of the book. So we, there's lots of things that we don't do that we used to do. Um, and things that, you know, like for bad taste, maybe t- times have changed or uh, like we don't do heaviest pets, for example. So we have people send us images of these really fat, heavy dogs or cats um, thinking that we would accept it. And we maybe have done, you know, 20 years ago, but we don't do it now because yeah. times have moved on. Yeah. And that's the key. We have to keep on moving. Well, the book looks a lot different than when I was younger. It does. It's a, well. First of all, it's now and now it's a it's a very colorful, big coffee table size book. Yeah, in the US, yeah. I mean, it's been quite a big book in the UK. So we know it in the UK very similar to what you're you know, describing there. But I know in the US, it was very much more single color, a dense, thick book, almost like a telephone directory. Yeah. Um, of, of facts. Um, but the problem is that kids just don't buy that kind of stuff, you know, and figuratively or literally. Um, they want to see the color. They want it to be engaging. And we have to compete against Marvel and Disney and all these huge brands. Yeah. Um, so we have to find ways of getting kids to read. And we'll do, so this year, for example, in the 21 edition, we've got uh, augmented reality. So you can take an augmented reality trip through the solar system. And the year before, um, you know, we had a, web, a lot of web connections. You can go from the book onto the website if you want. Uh, we've done 3D glasses. We've done glow-in-the-dark pages, poster pages, yeah. collectible training cards. And whatever it is, as I say, to lure the kids into the book, to make them realize that learning this way is fun. You know, it's, it's, it's not even learning. It's just this sort of stealth learning. Yeah. Um, and we'll play, we'll play every trick in the book shamelessly <laughs> um, to get people to, to read and enjoy the book. Yeah. Now, I would, as technology has grown and changed over the years, how has that affected not only uh, your coverage uh, and the book, but uh, people's uh, uh, attempts at world records? Talk, talk about a little bit about how technology has changed that. Yeah, well, one fear, I suppose, and maybe an expectation is that because of the internet has now made the book maybe less valid because everything is on the internet. But the problem with the internet is that literally everything is on the internet. Right. Um, so I defy anyone to go and search for the world's tallest woman on the internet because you will just not find a consistent answer anywhere. Um, same with the tallest man. How tall is the tallest man? Well, I'll tell you how tall he is. He's eight foot three because I measured them personally, and there's photographs and video evidence. So what we provide is a bit of a filter to that huge tsunami of information that's overwhelming on the Internet. Um, The Internet's also helped us by, um, well, one, that's made books more accessible, so you can get hold of the book much more um, easily in terms of online retailing. Uh, But it's also shrunk, shrunk the world because we can find people now. Like the world's shortest man... Um, at the time, was in Nepal, and he was 70 years old. So he'd been the shortest man for a very long time. Um, and only through the internet, we, we, we were able to access him because 
somebody walking through the village took a photograph, sent it to us. So within two days, we were in touch with this person and saying that we want to come and measure you. Uh, That would never have happened before the internet. Um, But also the other thing that changes is people are doing record-breaking online now. So you can, I mean, in terms of things like Netflix have records, um, Spotify records of the artists who are putting music out digitally. That's a whole area that we now monitor. Um, and also people just uploading, you know, things like um, uploading selfies and stuff, the, the records for all this kind of technology because it's there and people are doing it. And if they're doing it, we're here to measure it. Yeah. Okay. I, I, do you have any specific records that you find the strangest or the most fun to talk about? Um, I mean, I always, I always love the fingernail records. I mean, the amazing Lee Redmond of Salt Lake City um, was one that I read about as a child, and I just love uh, the chance to meet her. So when I took over as editor, one of the first things I wanted to do was get Lee to come to the London office, and we flew her over from from Salt Lake City and. Um, had an amazing time like, seeing how someone lives with, you know, three foot long fingernails on every finger. Like, imagine yeah. three foot of fingernails. Uh, now, you know, you, when you when you bring that up, Craig, I was just thinking, what kind of a flight was that? What you you're sitting next to this guy on a on the plane? <laughs> Uh, what's his lead? So it's the longest, it's the female, uh, most longest fingernails on a female, uh, both hands. And she, what she said was that she can't fit into the toilet cubicles on the aircraft because she can't get into the room and turn around and lock the door properly. Oh man! So she just, she just has to be careful not to eat too much. The <laughs> other one was um, the tallest man. The tallest man. Um, he's eight foot three. I mentioned before, Sultan Kosen of Turkey. Yeah. He came to the UK and he struggled. Because there's no way if you're eight foot oh, three, come on, yeah. you're fitting into. <laughs> I struggle, and I'm five seven. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so he had to arrange. There's an elaborate arrangement of people holding up coats, uh, whilst he held the door open with his foot and did what he had to do, like across the aisle of the plane. Oh. <laughs> it was it was a very complicated wow. uh, arrangement, but. Uh, I, um, I, I, so yeah, we have. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Well, so Leah Lee came to the office and she demonstrated how to how she made tea, she made sandwiches for us, she did all the washing up, she demonstrated how she went to the bathroom. I mean, it was an amazing couple of days with her. Yeah. Um, and then, amazingly, she lost the fingernails in a car crash. Oh, no! And it was just terrifying for her, yeah. Oh. Um, she does drive, she did drive, but she wasn't driving this time, but she lost the nails. Um, and since then, we've had a few record holders uh, take that. Uh, title. So in the twenty twenty one book, um, which you say um, was shortly on on sale, you'll you'll find um, a new record holder, also from the US actually, um, called Ayanna Williams, and she um, in total has eighteen, almost nineteen foot of fingernails oh, on both her hands. So wow! So this people do have this fascination for the fingernail record, and yeah. it's great to have her in the book again yeah well listen uh craig it's been so much fun to talk about you i can't wait till the new edition comes out um it'll be available on september 3rd the guinness book of world records for uh 2021 um it's it's always a lot of fun to look at these things and talk about them and and it's uh it's a it's worldwide uh everybody loves it craig it was it was a real pleasure thank you for being on the show 
Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. Okay, uh, there you go. Craig uh, Glenday, editor-in-chief of the Guinness Book of World Records. So much fun. I love the Guinness Book of World Records. So the new edition is uh, the 2021 edition, and it's going to be available on September 3rd.